This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Seat Creep, the best app for buying tickets to sporting events and concerts that you never had a chance to buy. What's that you say? You were on the Ticketmaster site and ordered the second they went on sale and nothing good was left? That's because we bought them within nanoseconds of them going on sale so no one else could. Go ahead and cry to Ticketmaster. They're in on it too. Sure, you could buy the tickets that are left at the back row behind a pillar, but you know you're going to buy from a scalper. Might as well be from us, because fuck you. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day. And we've been having technical difficulties. Yeah, man, it's been an hour of trying to get things set up right, and now I have to get up again and adjust my I'm so irritated, and it's going to be a great episode. Yay! <laughs> yeah, we have two identical mics that I've had since... You know, for like a decade, but I haven't really used until now, and one of them just shit the bed for some reason. So we could really use some more Patreon members. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about it. 2017. 2017. Oh, I thought we were talking about sex. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. No. Oh, no. This whole I mean, episode, I've been preparing for the wrong thing. We um, can do that, though. Before we get into it, I just want to plug our website, horrormovietalk.com. There you can find links to our social media and various links to podcast subscription platforms. We post every Wednesday, so subscribe. And if you use iTunes, sorry, if you use Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating. Also... Our good friend David Day has a podcast on the side called The Positivacast. This is a short daily podcast where I just try to inject your day with some, you know, some good feelings, some Rice Krispie treats, talking about making people feel good, talking about making yourself feel good, and just generally, you know, getting your day started off or ended off right. So, uh, and it's actually, it's been doing pretty good since the Rice Krispie Treat debacle. Things have been picking up quite a bit. <laughs> so again, today we're going to be talking about It, the movie from 2017. We're going to start out by giving a brief review and our score for the film. We score on a scale of one to 10, one being miserable and, uh, 10 being so good. It transcends genre boundaries. And five just being a completely average film that hits all the expected marks. Yeah, you guys know how one through ten works. Mm -hmm. After we give the score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And then later we'll be doing perennial favorite bit taglines. Taglines. Hey, um, you know, uh, we kind of I wanted to do another round of horror or porno, which is probably my favorite bit that we've ever done from our last episode, but. It might be like two. Well, first of all, I didn't have enough time to prepare for it uh, because we spent it's a very, very, love. very useful time watching the It miniseries from 1990. <laughs> it took so long. It was worth it, Ugh. and uh, but 
also having it back to back, you know, we don't want to fatigue people. I mean, that's like a special, that's a special game. You know, though, maybe uh, we'll do it next time. Though. You know, but that ready, that last episode that uh, we released, ready or not, is. I mean, so we're recording this. You know, obviously before you're listening to this. <laughs> We don't do this live. This isn't live? <laughs> no. Uh, I thought this was radio. Uh, it's just how time works. You do things before they happen. Oh, okay. Uh, as, and sometimes as they're happening. Anyway, so... Wait, re- the past is more past uh, in the past? We had this debate earlier. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, the Ready or Not episode is on track to be one of our very best downloaded episodes ever. Um and uh yeah I think, even that one had a debacle around it we've we've had a yeah my wife rough technical issues week my wife is uh potentially thinking about stopping by because she's so angry about horror horror or porno uh-huh she i i started playing it for her and she was like this is fun and then uh and then it got to a point where she was like i do not i no longer support you doing this show anymore because she was so upset. So she might stop by on this episode and uh, <laughs> and let us have a piece of her mind. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, moving into the review, we watched it. We already have seen it, but we watched it again. It was good. <laughs> we liked it. It, the movie. It was, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. No, it. We have to emphasize it on oh. this episode. It was good. Right. Just like on the on the miniseries in the the nineties miniseries, they really hit that it hard. Yeah. By the way, uh, like Bryce said, we're earlier, going to defeat it. Like Bryce said earlier, we uh, we just got done last night watching the longest fucking movie of I've ever seen ever. Um, well, it's supposed the, to be watched in two parts, which we actually kind of did, but the it miniseries still... from from ninety and. Um, we're going to be releasing an episode where we go over that dredge um, for our Patreon members. And uh, man, that, that thing is just packed full of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, that thing is that thing is the thing that movie studios tap into when they're like, we got to make Stranger Things. Pull out the it footage. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So uh, here's the trailer for It 2017. When you're a kid, you think the universe revolves around you. You think that you'll always be protected and cared for. Then, one day, you realize that's not true. Because when you're alone as a kid, the monsters see you as weaker. You don't even know they're getting closer. Till it's too late. Here. Take it. My grandfather thinks this town is cursed. All the bad things that happen in this town are because of one thing. An evil thing.
you will come with me. You'll float too. I saw something. A clown. Yeah, I saw him too. What happens when another Georgie goes missing? Or one of us? Are you just gonna pretend it isn't happening like everyone else in this town? If we stick together, we win. So it is available to rent on Amazon Prime. That's where we watched it. It's also on YouTube and probably other places. Probably. You know, where you get movies. It 2017 is a total ripoff of Stranger Things. (laughs) It features a group of boys in the 80s who discover a young girl with a special power to give them boners. (laughs) Actually, It 2017 is based on the Stephen King novel, It. The film follows The Losers Club, which is a motley crew of six young boys and a girl who find themselves haunted by Pennywise the Dancing Clown, played by Bill Skarsgård. Pennywise is very literally dread incarnate and torments the group of kids with their worst fears. Upon research, the group finds out that Pennywise has been tormenting and killing children for millennia. The film tackles the source material admirably. It's hard to capture on screen the concept of the monster being fear itself. That's kind of the idea that Stephen King was going for. Yeah. Um, Just that feeling of... And I think the opening sequence is the best illustration of that, of Georgie going down a dark stairway into the basement to get something. Yeah. Because I think that's like a universal fear. Yes. That everyone experienced in childhood, where you don't know what you're scared of. But it's there. But like, whatever it is. It's going to get you. Yeah. So it's like whenever you whenever you think it's going to get me, what what is that? And that's what Stephen King is trying to to he, use as the monster in, in it. Yeah, irrational fear. All right. Um, so the, fa- the film does pretty good of, of capturing that idea. You get a feeling of dread throughout, and it remains one of the best coming-of-age stories, second only to King's other adaption, Stand By Me. I mean, I I think it's, you know, I mean, there's there's yeah. several that have done done it now. It's hard. It's hard to think of one. I mean, it it's hard really to think is. of one better than. I mean, Stand by Me is like the pinnacle. Yeah, obviously. Like I can't. I mean, I but can't. that was th- that was the whole purpose of that. Right. Whereas that that this is not necessary so much. This is yeah. that it it is a nice sidebar in, right. in it. I'm glad to watch this watch this film again because my first viewing was so colored by my, my nostalgia for the 1990 miniseries starring Tim Curry. And while I do like the direction of the Pennywise character a little better in the miniseries, I think that the that overall it 2017 is a superior film. We watched the miniseries to be able to compare it and uh to to this film and the upcoming sequel that's coming out next week. Yeah. For us. And uh I don't know what to tell you. 
it does not hold up the miniseries. No. There's there's some great ideas and there is some still impactful scenes and and visuals, but it does not hold up in terms of like a film for a lot of reasons, though, right? I mean, yeah, it's got, I mean, it's 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 not easy. It's not fair to compare either. Yeah, the production value and it's a TV show. It's got every excuse in the world to be just awful, just very very bad, and it's not. It just right. doesn't hold up very well. It, right. it was a mini series made for TV in 1987 that released in 1990, and yeah. so and while watching it, I understood why it. It impacted me, impacted me so much when I was, I guess I was eight. Yeah. And, uh, that's just, that's just prime time for, for being impressionable and like wowed by anything. Yeah. But anyways, it is definitely a better film, (laughs) mostly because it's, you know, great production value, but also because it's a hard R. Yeah. Yeah. A real hard R. Yeah. Uh, it 2017 is one of the best mainstream general audience horror films that's come out in the last decade. Oh, easily. And the the box office numbers show that it's it's still the the highest grossing horror film of all time. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Uh, director Andy Muschietti keeps most of the dread from the source material and includes some modern production and jump scares to appeal to fans of the Conjuring universe. Um, which I'm not always a huge fan of, but it was, it was upon second viewing, it wasn't as egregious as I remember it. It was kind of sprinkled throughout. It's not a hundred percent jump scares. Overall, I really liked it. I liked it even more the second time watching it. I give it a score of eight out of 10. I think that's the score that I expected from you. Um, if not a little lower, even yeah. like, um, just, uh, knowing, uh, you and how you work. Um, but, but for me, this, this was such a, it, it was like a, it was like a signal that horror was back. Like, not just back, but like big, you know, like this, th- like, there's so much, there was so much about the release of this film that just ended up be like delighting me because it was like, Everybody was excited for this. It was like, remember it? Cause, because, and we, we've been discussing this, um, coming up to, to, to this, to this moment. And, um, you know, it, the, the book was, I mean, probably still is the biggest horror novel ever, yeah, ever. I mean, written. it was a huge phenomenon. Yes. And I think the only one that rivals it is this, the, the shining. Right. Yeah, but, but doesn't even like it is one of those, is one of those titles and one of those, you, you have the, the image of the, the, the book seared into your, into your memory because it was everywhere. It was in everyone's house. Mm-hmm. Everybody was interested in whatever this weird thing was. And, uh, and so it was a phenomenon back then. And this movie tapped right back into that and got all those people re excited about all this stuff. And so it was, and then the movie itself was so much fun for me and went so hard in the paint on the real disturbing um content that uh that you would hope it would, right? It didn't it didn't shy away from anything. Well, it shied away from some things right. that no one uh, It's my understanding though that 
that it, that that stuff that uh, really blue stuff may be present in the second installment. Yeah, I guess we won't go into spoilers of the novel, but right. we can talk about it in the spoiler section. But there's, if you read Stephen King, you know he's he's kind of a weird sex pervert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's always a weird sexual element. Um, there are like some subtle. I mean, maybe not too subtle. There's there's some sexual kind of content and and uh, in this film, but not what's in the novel. Yeah, no, a lot of allusion, allusion illusions of you know, yeah. eh, touching kids and weird shit and right. like, uh. yeah. But uh, but it adds that really unstable feeling terror element to to the movie, and uh, and I think I. For me, I think this is a a nine, and when it was released, it was probably a ten. Well, how do you go down? Because it is not a fun movie to necessarily to rewatch for me. Uh, I know this was a really great movie on first viewing. Like, it, it just doesn't have very much uh, replay value for me. Um, and uh, and I I realized that even in the theater as I was watching it, I was like. There's not going to be a second time for this because it is a jump scare factory and all the things that worked really well for me were those were those big horrifying jump scares. Yeah. The, no, I mean I think I think 9 is fair but <clears throat> I don't know. I I understand that like most people would rate rate this at like a 9 out of 10 but for some reason it just it just doesn't make it there for me. Yeah, I know. I don't want to overthink it. But Yeah, I know. All right. So before we get into spoilers, let's talk about a few things. Number one, as we mentioned, we have a Patreon page where you can support the show. And now we need you more than ever because <laughs> we need to buy a new mic. Dude. Our mic just started buzzing for some reason. And it's definitely just the mic. Yeah. Which is, you know, one of the more expensive components. And important. And important, you know. We don't want to share a mic, no, because that's just awkward. Yeah, and and we we have we may have to dip into our fart mic fund. <laughs> so we, I mean, we have three mics. One's like kind of a really low end mic that I'm talking into. Probably you can't tell, but we usually use some. This is boring. Who cares about this? Yeah. Anyways, check out our Patreon. You get access to exclusive patron content. We do after pods. After every episode we do, we keep the mics running and kind of talk about what's going on with our lives or any other drama that's happening. Um, and Lots of drama recently. Yeah. Lots of drama recently. Now's a good time to get in on that. And then we also will put out just random bonus episode kind of stuff. So we'll be doing a kind of a mini pod on the It miniseries from 1990 we'll be talking a little bit about it today and and in it chapter two episode but we'll do like a full dedicated episode to that and release that to our patrons also we've done a episode on um chernobyl Chernobyl on like the first episode and then we kind of petered out well i don't think the other episodes were as as notable um i think two was still great and like the last one was pretty good they definitely were if you're talking horror, though, that first episode yeah. is bar none. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, wasn't the second episode where 
the guy has to go on the top of the tower and look into? Mm, or is that um, the first one? Yeah, no, that was the first one. Yeah, the second one was when the helicopters were flying Oh, yeah, the second one over. was the, fl- the helicopters. Oh. Okay. So check out our patron, um, patron Patreon page. You'll find a link on Horror Movie Talk in the banner. There's a link to Patreon or a link to Amazon. If, you, if you're going to buy something from Amazon, click through our website to do that. Because when you do that, we get a little slice of whatever you pay to them. So if you're going to listen, if you're going to watch a movie that we're reviewing uh if you buy or rent any movie or really any product on amazon uh we'll get uh, support from that yeah, and that's horrormovietalk.com so another thing that we've recently started pushing is if you want to write for us if you enjoy horror movies and want to write for horror movie talk uh our blog guess what we're accepting new writers <gasps> for our blog if that sounds like fun to you it is just reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter, and we'll be happy to see uh, what you got. Show us what you got. Yeah, we already had um, somebody take us up on that, and they're con- considering mulling it over and yeah. thinking about writing. Yeah, one of our patrons. Yeah, and uh, and we sure do appreciate that. And uh, I think it's, I mean, we've been writing about horror for a year now. It's a blast. Mm-hmm. So give it a shot. Yeah, usually by the time we get done editing the episode and writing the post for the episode, we're pretty pretty tapped out for time for writing Yeah, for the website. So um, we have five kids between us. Yeah, we know that we know that we have some passionate people out there that that have strong opinions and and knowledge about horror movies. So why not write for our blog? And you don't have to be the best speller. I'm I'm an editor like by profession, so I can I can gussy your shit up and make you sound smart, bro. Yeah. All right. Anyway, sorry this took a little too long for the mid roll, but let's uh th- I'll, let's just say thank you for listening and sticking it out. Yeah. Let's get into spoilers. Dude, before before we actually do spoilers, I'm going to do a little bit more mid-roll right now because thank you guys so much for listening to the show. The amount of growth that we're seeing, the amount of downloads we're seeing now, we're really uh, like I'm in a place where I'm so excited. I I'm constantly getting more amped up for for horror movie talk as time progresses and I there's there's seemingly no downside. There's seemingly I'm just waiting for the, the yeah. for the spot where I'm going to be hugely let down and it never comes. So thank you so much guys. I really do appreciate you. Right. Every time it kind of levels off in our stats for download numbers, it it shoots back up again like pretty consistently mm-hmm. up and to the right for downloads. And just this last week we kind of had a frustrating time because a post an episode didn't post right the file um was posted weird so you couldn't listen to it on all the platforms and it took a while for for everything to refresh yeah. but even with that and with this being a shorter month than last month in terms of how many episodes we released we're still almost almost at the beating, amount of downloads uh, that we had last month which is huge yeah so thank you so thank you again so yeah let's talk about it what about it let's talk about it 
baby. Okay, let's but, talk about you and me. Well, let's mm, talk about mm, all mm, the bad clowns. Mm, <laughs> so, uh, so the opening scene of it is probably the strongest of the movie, and it's really what sells the whole story. Yeah, and it's surprisingly consistent between the book, the miniseries, yeah. and this movie because they, it works. Because it works so well. Yeah, it sure does. Here's a here's a clip of Pennywise and his introduction. Where is it? <laughs> Here we go. Hiya, Georgie. What a nice boat. Do you want it back? Um, yes, please. You look like a nice boy. I bet you have a lot of friends. Three. But my brother's my best ass. Where's he? In bed. Sick. I bet I could cheer him up. I'll give him a balloon. Do you want a balloon to a Georgie? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. Oh, well, I'm Pennywise the dancing clown. Pennywise? Yes, meet Georgie. Georgie, meet Pennywise. <laughs> now we aren't strangers, are we? And then here's, since I pulled it, here's the... Uh, 1990 version for comparison. Hi, Georgie. Aren't you going to say hello? Oh, come on, bucko. Don't you want a balloon? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. My dad said so. Very wise of your dad, Georgie. Very wise indeed. I, Georgie, am Pennywise the Dancing Clown. You are Georgie. So now we know each other. Correct? I guess so. I gotta go. Go? Without this? Yeah, so I guess the setup, if you don't, if you've never seen it or read it. So if you've the, been hiding the, in a drain somewhere. So this scene, it has Georgie going to his brother, Bill, right? Skarsgård? Yeah, Bill. Um, he goes to Bill, and it's raining outside, and he asks him to make a paper boat for him to play with. And so Bill's kind of sick, and then Georgie goes down to get some wax yep. to to paint the boat or whatever so it'll float. And that's that's the great scene too, where it kind of sets up the concept of it going to get you, and so he's scared of the dark. Yeah. And then he goes out and starts floating the boat, and it flows down a a dark a storm drain. drain. Yeah. And then inside the drain is this clown. And it's like, hey, what's that clown doing in that drain? <clears throat> and so Pennywise introduces himself, and see, this is why it's so great because. I mean, it's it's hard to like explain why it works so good, but it works. Having a clown inside a storm drain, if you're a little kid, yes, like it, the the logic of it, like somehow makes sense, but you also know that it's wrong. Yes, there's there's a little standoffishness because, well, wait a minute, there's a man in the 
drain, but it's a clown. Like this, yeah. so there's like something that's weird, but also something that's good. And so you put those together and, and that's how little kid logic works. Right. It's like, it's like how your kid walks up to you and is like, my name's Pinky Purple. And you're like, yeah, okay. And then they're happy with that. They're uh-huh. just like, they're like, they take you going, mm-hmm, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, validation. <laughs> you're like, that's the least satisfying validation ever. But they're just looking for the surface level. And so that's how the clown in the drain works. Cause it, it's like, it is off-putting, but also it's a clown. <laughs> yeah. The, it explores several things about the relationship between children and adults in terms of their fears yeah. and the danger that they face. First is adults just generally don't care. <laughs> like, that's a, a theme that's really explored in this film, that part of the the supernatural occurrences that the adults in this town turn a blind eye to all these children missing and getting murdered. Yeah. Just, they are abnormally ambivalent about it. And there's something about that to where you could relate to, if you remember back as a kid, yeah. where real shit is happening in your life and no adult cares or understands what's going on because it can't be that bad. They're kids. Yes. And then the other aspect is that adults are actually dangerous. Right. That an adult in a clown costume could actually be wanting to kill you. Yeah. Or, you know, someone could want to rape you or, you know, not have your best interest at heart, even though they're an adult and you're kind of beholden to them. Yeah. So there's lots of like really cool areas that the story explores in terms of of fear and childhood and the relationships between children and adults, and um, it's really great. All of those are, are things that Stephen King is seemingly just very obsessed with. Yeah. Or at least he was in his early career. Yeah. So Pennywise is introduced, and it's just such a great, like... Uh, Man, the Skarsgård is so perfect for this. I, I he, he, just, he just plays it just dead on the voice the dead stare the the drool that's dripping out of his huge lip yeah see here's here's where we might diverge because i actually do like tim curry's pennywise i love tim curry's um i and it's it's not very different especially watching them back to back i realized that that curry's pennywise is actually still super menacing yeah. when he's talking to the kids. Because I remember it being kind of like just a clown, you know, just like he's a goofy-ass clown. Yeah. But something's off because he's in a storm train. <laughs> but in reality, Curry's voice is still really menacing yeah. as Pennywise talking to the kids. And so it's I was kind of latched onto the voice with, with Bill, Spar- Bill Skarsgård. Like I thought it was too scary how he played the clown. Um, but it's actually pretty similar, and I think he he did do a, a really good job of when I watched it the second time. But the thing that's missing from it 2017 is there's no real moments where Pennywise is being just a clown. Right. Like yeah. In, in the miniseries, there is it's a the, couple the, moments that where intro, the, the setup. The intro that you played, he is being kind of just a clown. Right. Uh, but but after that, almost almost never. Right. Like in the, in the miniseries, it usually sets up 
some of the more menacing Pennywise scenes with him just being a clown, like just right. being kind of a goofy, like playing with noisemakers and oh damn, I forgot to pull that clip, but we can we can get it. Um, playing with like noisemakers and like telling really shitty jokes, <laughs> but also you know making balloons filled with blood pop in your face yeah and you know monstrous hands grabbing at you kind of thing which to me makes it more terrifying because it's there's something scary about it a really yeah really goofy clown coming after you versus a scary clown that's made to be scary you know going back to uh to Skarsgård versus curry i think i think i prefer Skarsgård. um they're both great they're both i mean it's it's hard to compare them really right. and it's just a matter of taste i think what uh what bothers me a l- little bit about the curry clown is first of all he's perfect to play the it clown right because he's 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 got that face that's uh-huh. just kind of carny-esque yeah you know it's like too big yeah it's too big it's tired looking it's it's just it's a 55-year-old smoker who's uh-huh. been smoking since he's seven. Right. And, um, but simultaneously, it's not a good pick because it's Tim fucking Curry. And it's, it's like, you know, it's just one of those guys who is so universally known for his, for who he is that, um, that it kind of brings me out of it a little bit. I just go, that's Tim Curry. That's Tim Curry every time I go, oh, look, there's Tim Curry right there. Yeah. I mean, I think the, for me it's the voice his his voice is pennywise's can go from just goofy to super menacing very easily yeah, yeah. and but and scarsgard i was so shocked at how well he was able to portray just the most evil and menacing clown yeah. ever just like if you want a scary goddamn clown he is it. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, Bill Skarsgård is is great in it. He, in the um that family. the trivia talks about how he researched um different psycho psychos. And- so you you looked at Norman Bates and um The Shining, uh what's what's his name from The Shining? Yeah, um yeah. And uh Clockwork Orange, just all these I mean, sounds like mostly Stanley Kubrick psycho films. So really like, you know, looking up through your eyebrows kind of thing. Yeah. So that's like the major Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Signal of evil. Um, but it's great. So the major way that this film divulges from the miniseries diverges. is the divulges diverges. Yeah, you're right. Um, is that it's a hard R Yeah, and it, is genuinely shocking when Georgie Arms gets ripped fucking clean off. Yeah, it it sets the tone for the whole movie. It just it just goes, "Oh, we're going for yeah, it. We're, we're we're doing this." Yeah, we're we're mutilating little kids. Right. And it's adorable little kid. Oh man, he's he's even cuter than the Georgie from the original. Right. Which is also very cute. I mean, yeah. they're both really cute little child actors. So Georgie's arms get ripped off and then the cat on the porch gives the the same reaction that I have, which is like, whoa, what the fuck? Hey, whoa, what happened? Um, my question to you. So is this the best child cast ever? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I mean, aside from 
from maybe uh, uh what's that Stephen King Stand, Stand by, by me. me. I mean that might be that might be a little better. River Phoenix and yeah, I don't even know. I bet if we watch that, then we could realize some of the nostal- nostalgia. Yeah, maybe might be affecting that. Like it Corey was with Feldman. the miniseries with me. Yeah, I mean it's it might be the best child cast. Like it's surprising how how good. It's really these, strong. These actors it's, are. It's, it's why Stranger Things works so well, right? You know, right. It's, it's just a perfectly cast kid lineup. Yeah. And there's there's one that's in both. Right. Um, the best one. Richie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's the best one. Uh, from from Stranger Things, he definitely is. And in this movie, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. I think I, think I liked Eddie and... Uh, and bill a little better in this film yeah um i mean they're all so good yeah they're all they're all good but yeah i mean even even like what i just finished the third season of stranger things and it's already like yeah they're i haven't even bothered they've they've met their limit it's like they're they're getting annoying and they're they're uh their bag of tricks is pretty limited yeah at that age yeah it's but for some reason with this film they really found like a really good mix of kids that they could pull it off. Yeah, and the bullies in this are perfect. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely bullies being bullies. Yeah. Um, they're the meanest fucking bullies in the entire world. Yeah. I mean, that is that is the difference between, you know, generic bullies and the the gang of, of Henry, what's his last name? Winkler. Henry Winkler. So Henry is like the main bully and he's got a gang of <laughs> friends that have their own gimmicks apparently. So there's the guy that belches. Belch. His, his name's Belch. Yeah. And there's the guy that likes fire. Uh but <laughs> Henry is the prodigy. Genuinely terrifying in this film in particular because he is really a psychopath. Yeah, he's like convincingly a psychopath. He's clearly a, a kid that who has been. I mean, and he what a great actor. Like th- they they went to him and they were like, "Your dad beats the shit out of out of you every night." Okay, go. And that's the kid who he portrays. A kid who yeah. is just savagely beaten by his by his cop father and who's told he's worthless. And just that shit rolls right downhill yeah. to all the other kids in school. Yeah. And there's also some mean girls that are in like the opening of the film, but that never appear again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that felt kind of tacked on, T- token but token mean girls. But it was just like people are mean to Bev too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you have to like put that in the yeah. film because I think it's bad enough that she's kind of raped by her father. Yeah, all the time. I mean, that's enough. Um, but also slut shaming. Yeah, but also slut shaming. That's right. I guess that's the the purpose of those mean girls is to accuse her of being a slut. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it works. It all it all sets it up perfectly to be to 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 have you feel real empathy for these for these kids to right. to really feel like okay, now you're part of the losers club. You know. Right. Yeah the the Henry gang. That that torments the the losers club is really great and and how they set up him displaying his psychopathy yeah is great that he attacks Ben the fat kid oh man and let me say 
great casting for the fat kid. Sometimes, I mean, I I was a fat kid growing up, so when they cast fat kids and they're just kind of chubby. Yeah, like Chunk from... uh... Yeah, it just made me feel miserable. (laughs) Like, oh, everyone's ridiculing the kid that's like a little overweight. Who's just... And I'm like, actually fat. Bryce, you're not fat. You're husky. <laughs> I hated that more. I hate that made me feel worse than if my mom was just like, look at you fat fucking slob. If she said, look at you, you fat fucking slob, I'd have felt better than if she was like, no, you're just husky. No, that was my kryptonite. I was yeah. just like, oh, God, I want to die. Like, I, yeah, I, I really identified with Ben in this in this film is like, uh, you know, when he takes off his shirt, it's like, yeah, he's, he's a fat kid. Yeah. And, uh, and this is another, but this is like the second portion of the movie, uh, that where, where the, the gang is, is quote unquote picking on, on Ben when in reality they're fucking carving their name into his stomach. And this is another signal where it's like, Jesus Christ, this movie is not fucking around at all. What is happening? And sorry about that. And the, it it is just so shocking and also kind of believable. You're yeah. like, yeah, this could happen. Right. I remember being a kid. There were fucking really tense moments. With yeah, if there was if there was an actual psychopath when I was growing up, yeah, I could I could envision being having initials carved into my stomach. I remember I remember moments, and I, de- I can't even like pull them out uh, singularly, but I definitely remember moments where I was like. <sighs> Things are super serious right now, and my life might be in danger. <laughs> like, you know, and this is that feeling of things are very bad. And and then the car rolls by as as these kids are cutting him up. Yeah, and uh, cutting carving his name Henry into into yeah, he Ben's gets, stomach. He gets like full H, and it's like not not like scrapes. It's really it's gonna need stitches. Cutting cutting into him hard, and. uh then he kicks him and, and falls down the hill, which is probably the more frightening thing. And then he screams, I'm going to cut your fucking tits off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, good God. And this, so basically all that to say, this movie fucks. Yeah. Like, it fucks. Yeah. It's it's really great. And, uh, oh, I forgot to pay, play my, my clips of Belch. Oh, yeah, play Belch. So here's, I love the idea that there's a character named belch who his whole purpose is just to belch yeah he's he's the belcher and i almost wish they did it more if it was just more ridiculous <laughs> if it was literally that's all he did was belch at people i think you're on to something i w- i want this character to exist yeah this <laughs> wow yeah that was yeah. bravo there you go here's belch from it 2017 it's almost like got, it was just in the room. I got better than that. Come on now. And then here's, just for comparison's sake, since I pulled it, here's a 1990 belch. <laughs> 90 belches. 90 way, belches way better. Oh, he goes way harder. And also, he's way more goofy in yeah. that miniseries. Um, so, yeah, in this film, that the Henry gang is... It's basically like Biff Tannen's gang in, <laughs> yeah. in Back to the Future, but way more menacing. Yeah. Yeah, it is like Biff Tannen's gang. Yeah. I never thought about that. Um, okay. 
So then we go to Bill, who's the brother of Georgie that got his arm ripped off. And Bill goes back to his house and his dad's in the garage. And like, Bill, what is this shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's got all his habit trails set up. And Bill is showing his theory of where Georgie is or where he could have gone. Bill misses his little brother terribly. Yeah. And as and and as a way of coping with it, he's trying to strategize to find his little brother in the sewer system. Yeah. And uh, his dad is really sick of his shit <laughs> at this point. God damn it. Georgie's dead. Let's see. Just a second. I got it. But if the storm swept Georgie in, we, we should have gone. He's gone. He's dead. <laughs> Jesus. God. Which isn't, you know, it's not too uh, sympathetic for your son that that lost. Well, he just brother. lost his son. He's going through a hard time, too. He doesn't know how to react. This is. But more importantly. Well, where am I supposed to put my habit trails? <laughs> If you guys want to see a hilariously fun movie, uh, check out The Evil Within. It's free on Amazon Prime. Yeah, we have an episode on it very, very early. I think that's like a third. Or wait, is that the one that we held off forever? Yeah, it's like 15. No, no, no. That was, uh, we held off the It's like seven or eight. The Evil whatever. Within. Yeah, The Evil Within is a very early episode. So... I, just pulling that clip, watching some of it's some a great of that movie. dialogue, it's just so it's literally it feels like the room. Yeah, it's very but it, strange. But it's a horror movie. It's very odd. It's free. It needs more attention. It it does need more attention. Y'all need to go to Amazon and watch The Evil Within. It's a it's a it is a strange gem of a bad, very good bad horror movie mm-hmm. that y'all should check out. Uh. Um, you okay, know, so yeah, d- d- Bill's dad is sick of his shit, and there's another adult that's just like, "There's, there's nothing going on. Just let let things lie as they are." Yeah, You're very one dimensional. You know, uh, but I think that brings up a good point because that f- that clip featured uh, Bill's um, stutter uh-huh uh pretty pretty heavily and uh i think it's a, it's i think we're woke enough to the point where i think we need to start asking should that role have gone to someone with a real stutter <laughs> um those people do exist and they need roles too so why did you get an actor to do it right well why not get i mean why did you get somebody who doesn't have a stutter to do a stutter those people need work too right and why didn't you give the role of Pennywise to someone with Parkinson's or a real because, clown? Because he, every time he attacks the camera, he's really shaky. Yeah, a real clown with Parkinson's. Right, someone who has been a clown and identifies as a clown. <laughs> I identify as a clown. Just new boot goofing. <laughs> it does an excellent job of showing the different fears um, of the different kids. So each kid basically gets their own little vignette. Of their fears. I think the miniseries and the book do, does a little better job of of doing this. Some of the ones in, in this film are definitely tacked on to be just a generic jump scare yeah, thing they, or they, a, a device that they, they wanted a scene in the film, so they made a fear around it. Right. And it lands like as a... 
as a uh, as a tool to scare, it does land. It's just it's just a throwaway. Yeah, or it's just a little obvious what they're trying to do. Right. So Georgie is his fear is great. Just the fear of the dark, fear of just being a little kid and not understanding what's going on. Bill, his fear of just losing Georgie and really wanting Georgie back and that being played on um, is great. Mike, the the black kid in this one, um, is haunted by the memory of his parents burning in a horrible fire. Which you wrote next to this note. You said, meh. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> you fucking monster. It was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, it just didn't didn't work for me as much That's, as I think they wanted it to. It yeah. Was, I mean, well, he wasn't very fleshed out as a character. Yeah. And so it was hard. I mean, they, but, they took away a big part of his character from the original character. He's He's the guy that knows all about the town history. Like, for some reason, he's really into history. And they in the in the miniseries in this one that's Ben, right? Yeah, and in the book it's it's Mike as well that that knows all the the town history and stuff. Mm. But um, they attribute all that to to Ben in this yeah, in this it's film. The, it's the fat kid who knows history, <laughs> not the uh... which is fine. Yeah. Um, and then let's see, uh, Stanley, he's got the fear that is the least. Good one, which is a creepy painting, and that and that they lean on the most. They, I feel like they're like the creepy painting lady is is really working for us, and it's like yeah. Stop I mean, it. this is this is where they take it right out of the Conjuring. I mean, this is literally like the nun, yeah, from the Conjuring. Yes, and they're like, well, this will work. Let's let's shove that in, and it feels shoved in. Yeah, in the original, what is it, Stanley? What was his fear? Stanley was the he's the funny no Richie's the funny kid right well no not in the miniseries in in the 2017 yeah Richie's fast talking and, and funny but in the in the miniseries he's very diminutive and and kept uh, clean by his mother no that's that's Eddie that's oh I'm sorry throughout. I'm sorry Richie Richie is Seth Green in the miniseries yeah I'm sorry so Stanley it's kind of weird in this movie he's Jewish. They like lean on to the fact that he's Jewish, and in the miniseries, he's a Boy Scout, and lean heavily on the fact that he's a Boy Scout. And I can't remember which it is in the book. You talking about Seth Green? No, Stanley. We're switching. To, we're switching kids too fast here. Okay, in the miniseries, do you remember the kid that's the Boy Scout? Yes, he is Stanley. Yeah. In this film, do You're... you remember the kid that's Jewish and has the scary painting coming after him? Yes, that's Stanley. Okay. Okay. So, I can't remember what Stanley's fear in the miniseries was. Yeah, I can't. I don't think it actually shows it. I think that's the thing that they do, like, the thing that comes after. Oh, no, 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 no. It was the mummy. It was a skeleton. No, it was the mummy. Yeah. In the miniseries. Yeah. And this one, it was just a scary painting. Yeah. It just doesn't land as well. Yeah. I mean, Uh, the mummy doesn't land really well either, but. Yeah, I mean, see, that's the thing with, like having it around kids it's all it's more convincing that they're scared by lame things because if you remember what you were scared of as a kid yeah it was 
It was lame shit. It was like the mummy. It was like the wolf man. It's why it's why this movie works so well is because kids are scared of actual scary shit. Yeah. <laughs> kids are scared of shit that lives in a closet. And now you're like, ah, nothing lives in the closet. But if something does live in the closet, holy shit, that's scary. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you're scared of like financial like issues. <laughs> and that's not that's not really scary. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be, be honest. Yeah. What if they made an what if the sequel for for it if it chapter two was just based on adult fears and it was just the personification of bills or the personification of yeah not having enough money for retirement i think that i think the way if you <laughs> yeah exactly it's <laughs> or, or like a laying on your fears of your body just kind of slowly breaking down oh yeah like ow like i got an i woke up today i got a new ache my shoulder won't ever stop hurting for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, this is it. This is how I go. <laughs> That's pretty much everything. Every time something happens in my body that hurts, I'm just like, well, this is it. This is what my experience is from now on. Yeah. And add it to the, just add another thing on to my back. Yeah. Um. So Ben's thing is the headless kid coming after him. From the he's like researching the past of the of the town, and a big part of it is this explosion that happens on Easter, mm-hmm. and there's a headless kid that starts attacking him, and that's another one that's just kind of tacked on because it it also feels like something from a jump scare movie of yeah it does a headless kid running after you <laughs> with, with jiggly motion something uh something to note in all this uh. The 2017 it was released in 3D and they leaned heavily on things running at the audience. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit running and reaching and jumping toward the screen. Yeah. And uh and so that is a theme here and it's wh- it's why it worked really well on first viewing for me and then Second time around, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. This movie is just a bunch of shit running at me. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Whoa. But but while you were watching that shit in the theater, it's like, oh, oh, God, oh golly, I got to run away. Like, it it was panic inducing. Yeah. Um, the last one that feels kind of tacked on is Richie. He just says in this film that he's afraid of clowns. And Richie is kind of the, the, the wisecracker yeah. of the group. And... He says he's afraid of clowns, and the the whole purpose of that is so that he can, he can get trapped in a room full of clowns. And it's like, all right, they wanted a room full of clowns, and so they gave him a fear of clowns. Yeah, it's very obvious. In the in the original, he's the one that's scared of the Wolfman, which I get it doesn't work that great, but it's the same thing. Clowns, Wolfman, that's the same thing. The ones that do work is uh, Eddie. He's afraid of germs. He's the one that's like really doted on on by his mom. That's kind of a Munchausen by proxy mom, and his Pennywise or it attacks him with a leper. Yeah, like a like a dude with a big club foot and, and uh, missing a nose. Yeah, missing a nose, and he's just hacking up goop all the time. And yeah. he's got a pill for Eddie to swallow, and he's constantly like swallow the pill. And he's like Jesus Christ, please no. Yeah. And then Bev, the the girl, hers isn't necessarily rich. A, f- a fear. What? Oh no, Eddie. I'm sorry. That was Eddie. Yeah, the germs. And then Bev. 
the girl um, has probably the best sequence, but it isn't necessarily attached to a fear. It's more of like, this is a pretty awesome sequence to do, which is the blood coming out of the sink. Yeah. She hears the voices in the sink, and then all of a sudden, the blood comes out. And um, I don't know. You could say that this is a little over the top, because it's literally every crevice of the bathroom is covered with blood. It's crazy. Like, everywhere. Yeah. Like, underneath... It's like someone took a power washer and with blood and just sprayed everything and got every nook and cranny. There's no if you're like a blood splatter analyst, like you would not be able to identify where the source of the blood came from. Yeah, remember Evil Dead 2 where right. he, where he shoots the wall and then that little drip of blood comes out and then it's a fire hydrant of blood uh-huh. or or a uh, similar scene uh Nightmare on Elm Street, the original with the right. the bed that that sucks him down. But even then like it doesn't cover the entire room and like underneath the bed. With yeah, blood. yeah, it's a it's a full blown Rob Zombie scene, which is kind of weird. Like the set decorator probably went a little overboard on it. Great, because in the in the scene she's talking to her dad is like, "What's wrong?" And she's like, "The sink." And it's like, well, I mean, even pointing at the sink is kind of like, no, it's everywhere. Just say the everything. Look anywhere in the bathroom; it's covered in blood. You see how the bath? You, you remember what the? You remember what color the walls in the bathroom remember were? How things were different colors in the bathroom? They, I mean, maybe you don't remember the exact color, but it wasn't blood, right? <laughs> it wasn't like blood red. Yeah, and that's also the most effective demonstration of the parents just not seeing anything that the kids see. And then also her her fear is just you know getting raped by her dad. Reasonable fear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, if if that's what your dad does, very reasonable. Yeah. Uh, super creepy. Okay. What else should we talk about? Let's talk about this libra- librarian. Li- that, librarian? Librarian. So, so Ben is really into reading books and, <laughs> and researching. And the librarian comes up to him, hands him a book, and she's her whole attitude is like, why are you reading so many books? <laughs> she's she's the worst librarian ever. Like she first of all, she's cast very well. She's just written poorly because she's this old doting lady who you would expect to be in a librarian. Uh, she is your classic uh uh you know that. She is a librarian looking lady. She comes up to him, she gives him a book and she's like isn't school over? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, why are you reading so many books? Shouldn't you be outside? Kids are supposed to. And then she goes on to lecture him about what about not going to the library. Don't you have any friends? Like you, like the summer is for being outside, like not reading books about the history of the city we're in. Idiot. <laughs> and then she walks away. She's like, fuck you. Yeah. Here's a clip. Found it. Isn't it summer vacation? I would think you'd be ready to take a break from the books. I like it in here. A boy should be spending his summer outside with friends. Don't you have any friends? I have the book now. <laughs> Bitch. Fuck you. Yeah. That was that was a great like just side thing. In the book, the librarian just is really concerned for for Ben. Which like, makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Like he's he's in there every day kind of thing, so she knows him. And she wishes that he had more friends. Yeah. But she keeps it to herself. She doesn't like, hey, go outside, fatty. <laughs> Man, it would have been great if, if she'd have gone into like a lecture about how fatty was. She's like, mm-hmm. you know, 
<laughs> the other thing, <clears throat> I mean, yes, this, this is definitely a better film. There are some things that I want to point out that are better in the miniseries in terms of like structure. Maybe we should save that for the miniseries. <clears throat> no, we'll talk about it too. But, okay. but basically how they get introduced in the miniseries is more convincing and, and closer to the book, which is it happens much more organically. Like, and the reason why they meet feels very much more like a kid activity that other kids would be into, which is mainly building a dam. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an acti- activity that I think every kid has done. Down in the barrens. Yeah. Going down in the water runoff area and being like, hmm, got lots of sticks and mud and stones here. Let's build a dam. Build a dam. And so they kind of start doing that and there's new ones that kind of get introduced because that water runoff area is kind of a natural area to run away from bullies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in this movie, they just kind of all know each other. Yeah. Already. The only ones that get introduced are, are Ben, Bev and Mike. Yeah. But they get introduced in decent ways. Like Ben gets introduced cause they hear him getting beaten up. Right. You know, and uh, then they run. They're like, well, we can't just let somebody just beat on some kid. So they go down there to help him. And then right. then they do. Yeah. I mean, I guess the the purpose for. Like, oh, no, that wasn't Ben. That was uh, the black kid. Um, yeah. Mike. Mike. Yeah. It just felt it felt less organic. It was fine. It just felt not as. As relatable. I don't know. Bryce, maybe I'm nitpicking. Yeah, Bryce is uh, has way too much nostalgia for the first one, and it shows right now. Okay, one of the great things about this group of kids is the joking banter throughout. Like great. it's very convincing, more so than the miniseries. Oh, much more. Yeah, because they because the miniseries had their hands tied. I'm sure. Yeah, like you can't put a lot of this stuff on TV, whereas you can definitely fit it into an R movie. Yeah. Here's um, Eddie going off about gray water. Aren't you guys coming in? Uh-uh. It's gray water. What the hell is gray water? It's basically piss and shit, so I'm just telling you. You guys are splashed around in millions of gallons of dairy pee. So, what are you, are you serious? What are you... It doesn't smell like cacatoni, senor. Okay, I, I, I can smell that from here. It's probably just your breath wafting back into your face. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a staff infection? Also, a staff infection. So unsanitary. Yeah, it's great. It's probably just your breath wafting back into your face. <laughs> Lots of your mom jokes and like talking about each other's mom's pussies and stuff. Like it feels much more real about what, what that, the shit that kids would talk about. Isn't that weird that that's like that is that's what feels real? <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> talking about your mom's pussy. That's why. That's why South Park works is because kids are foul mouthed. Oh man, are they ever? But it's just so strange that, like, that is the truth. Probably throughout all of history, is like, no, it doesn't make sense for it to be like cute banter. It makes sense for it to be your mom's pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like throughout human history, yeah, kid banter is that. Um. I think we've, so I mean, they're, they all group together and they all figure out that they're all tormented by the same clown. Yeah. Pennywise. And they bond over that. And then they all decide to get to the bottom of it and <laughs> get rid of this clown however they can. And they kind of latch on pretty early that 
that Pennywise only has power if they're afraid of him. Right. He's he's less powerful if you know that it's just a figment of your imagination. It's very much a John F. Kennedy, the only (laughs) thing to fear is fear itself kind of thing. Right. So uh, Pennywise, throughout this movie, the other thing that I kind of have a beef with, and I've already talked about it, is the shaky clown syndrome. And I wish they were more creative with how Pennywise attacked the kids. There are some creative ways that he that he attacks, for, but for the most part, it's show fangs, run towards the camera very shakily. Yeah, um, there's you know there's a lot of pensive staring as well. Yeah, but that's not an attack. That's just like, I mean, in the in the, I think in the book and in the miniseries, it it plays more on each kid's individual fear, or like. There's some just bal- doing unexpected things. There's like, some aggressive balloon uh, 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 chases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some balloon advancements. So, like a great scene from the miniseries is the shower scene where yeah. Pennywise like comes out of the drain, claymations his hands into the into the drain and widens it. Yeah, yeah. That I don't know why, but that that scene very specifically sticks with me as as like being very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Like I remember. As a kid, being like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You just pull the drain open like that? Um, Bev, the the girl in this movie, is super effective, and she is a creep magnet. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how much I can say without incriminating myself. Yeah, Bryce is being very careful with his words. He's she's a creep magnet, all right. We'll just uh yeah. we'll just say that and and Bryce can sit here being all creepy. I mean oh, what what do you what do you think of, of Bev David? Well God damn look at those hot children. <laughs> David. It's gonna haunt me until Always. I until I die. Yeah, uh, I mean she's she's very striking, her appearance. I I totally understand why she'd be a creep magnet yeah she's she's, gorgeous she's like i mean not only attacked by her dad but there's like a creepy pharmacist that's super super schlubby yeah there's she like takes advantage of there's a thing that this movie um plays on and uh and they're not uh they don't shy away from which is there's something very attractive about a young girl knowing she's very attractive and using it to her advantage it's, I mean, not e- not even that. I think she's just very friendly and very like she um, is. A, she's aware of herself. And well, I mean, she's what? What do you call it? She's flirt flirtatious, right? She she understands the power of flirting. I mean, yeah. So, th- but she's not like a temptress or something. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a that's a pretty thin line. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know. So, I don't know. What would you say about a girl? Uh, a a girl who approaches a pharmacist and is like, "Hey, you look with those glasses. You look kind of like Clark Kent." And then when he plays back into her thing in a very creepy way, she's like, "Uh huh." You know, it's like, yeah, I guess there's that. You know, it's it's just. Um, I mean, if you're told like by everyone that you're a slut and you've probably never actually had sex, yeah, well, other than you know with your dad, raping other you, than the rape, um, then yeah, I think you'd. You'd like use it to your advantage. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not arguing with that. It's just something that this movie uses very effectively. Yeah, they don't shy. And then, like, this is probably the most effective 
portrayal of preteen sexuality sexuality yeah. yeah of the girl appearing in the group of boys and the boys are all just like huh. <laughs> that oh. one scene where she's sunning herself yeah. after they go swimming and all the boys are just sitting there like just just in awe of this yes. you know i it's so this is the ultimate nostalgia because I can really remember, I, I mean, this was all of high school for me, just being like, look at those beautiful creatures, look at them, but don't go near, yeah. <laughs> like, don't, yeah. do not approach them because you will scare them away. Your, your terrible, ugly, ugly face will terrify them and they'll. It's, and it's a completely mysterious force. Mm -hmm. The, the power that an attractive woman can have over a young boy and they do not have the facility to handle it. They're so like, I'm so glad I have girls mm -hmm. because just, just looking at, they're so far advanced compared, compared to what I, and I think back on myself and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I was ill-equipped. <laughs> like I was just, just so dopey, you yeah. know? And, uh, and I mean, I guess everybody's dopey and I, I, I'm probably giving too much credit to anybody just because I, uh, you know, it says too much about me, but man, I, that feeling of being a young lad with lots of, uh, hormones going through me and then just not knowing what to do with my hands, you know, just being like, ah, I got nothing. I just wish I had something. Yeah. Man, wouldn't it be great if I had something? And this, this movie captures that pretty great in a couple different scenes with the, the boys admiring, uh, Bev. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and always with respect, you know, yeah. always the way that I remember it. And it, and it's the other people, the, the people outside of this group that are, perverted and weird the people who are calling her a slut or a whore or whatever it is they're the creepy ones because they view her that way these kids don't they respect her yeah i mean the, it's the thing with the with the losers club is that they're in awe that she's around them right and it's, they don't want to ruin a good thing don't scare her away <laughs> but they can't they can't treat her like just one of them because she has this power over them which i don't think even women understand mm -mm. what that's like. They they just don't understand the power or the the energy that's created from like a young boy any, that's attracted. Any boy. Man, now. Like Yeah, even even now, but especially at that age oh, when yeah. you're just like just barely breaking through puberty. It's like it is weird. It's the amount of just confused, conflicted, and impressively strong feelings are... Yeah, if you if you think about all the stories that are told or all the myths that are told over history are mostly to help explain or manage the feelings of that, of going through puberty. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the superhero stories of, of getting new powers, like it's basically explaining that, like... All of a sudden, it's a parent trying really hard not to be too obvious that they're given the sex talk. <laughs> right. Like, all of a sudden, it's this extreme source of energy and anxiety and, like, impetus. Yeah. 
f- towards something that you have no power no over. exposure to, yeah. but all of a sudden you know exactly what you want. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 weird, but it's it's very very effective. This is yeah, this is a movie where if you no, never mind. <laughs> okay, um, you got you guys can make up your minds about what he was going to say. Uh huh. Okay, I'll I'll say it. So you know how there's nothing more creepy about people on Reddit explaining the difference between an ephibophile and a pedophile? No, I don't know. Can you... So I really don't know. I've I've come across this a couple times, and there's something very pathetic about it. I don't understand. So ephibophile is like d- drawing a difference between a pedophile, which is a kid, uh, someone that's sexually attracted to young children, and... A febophile is someone that's attracted to, like, a just barely post-pubescent. Oh, so so kid, underage so, but teen. So like, yeah, like a fourteen to sixteen year old okay. kind of thing would be an febophile. Yeah, if you're attracted to young girls that are. So it's people trying to justify their their legal pedophilia, right? <laughs> Well, that's not, it's not even legal. It's just saying like, this is a different thing. And, and like, I mean, right. They're calling, they're basically saying like, yeah, it's not technically legal, but it makes sense evolutionarily. Right. Which is, yeah, it's true, but also don't touch kids. (laughs) Right. So whenever I see someone talking about like, it's not pedophilia, it's ephibophilia. I'm like, you're, you're a creep. Yeah. It's like, if, if the, if that's the. If that's the hill you're going to die on, yeah. like drawing that line, like no one wants to be around you. Yeah. I'm sorry. It has nothing to. Yeah. And I, so this this movie would be would definitely be a movie where there'd be, be those people explaining the difference between pedophilia and ephibophilia just to make themselves feel. A little yeah. Better. And the answer to that is, yeah, sure. Uh, evolutionarily. Yeah. They're you they're they're very they're. It makes sense evolutionarily, but you know what? It doesn't make sense. They're not, they, they don't have the capacity to make good decisions because they're still in their mind. They're still a kid. Right. They got a lot of maturing to do. Like I, I'm just barely an adult right now and I'm 35. <laughs> I think in terms of like brain maturity, it, your brain isn't, doesn't stop growing and developing until like you're 25. Like that's when, you reach a point where you can actually make good decisions. Yeah. Basically. And it's, it's like just everything not... else is, is you actually do not have the ability to make long-term decisions. Right. And it's not fair for it's, it's so creepy and terrible for an adult to even, even to go, you know, and essentially prey on, you know, 18 to 23, three four five year olds yeah. it's just it's just it feels like preying on something yeah uh beca- because it's because it is <laughs> kind of is right yeah um not to say that i wouldn't want to <laughs> but it's wrong right i can recognize that ephibophilia <laughs> i don't know if so i'm 37 
Like where where's the line for thirty seven? Isn't there isn't there like a like a jokey rule? It's like half your age plus something. Oh, I'm gonna say eight. I'm gonna say the best the best like if 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 you're measuring the word best by youngest that a thirty seven year old could go for uh-huh. is twenty seven. Just ten years off? Yeah, but if you were forty, I would say twenty nine. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, those are such arbitrary lines in the sand, though. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, yeah, yeah. You know. Asking the hard questions. <laughs> or movie talk, doing the research so, so you don't have to. Uh, the The production design of, of IT 2017, again, is really using modern horror tropes of having just super dark and dank apartments and settings. Like, everywhere looks like... Kind of a crack house. Oh, but Mo, the dank, the dank. Uh, so the the dank apartments for Bev and Eddie, um, are something that just feels out of a Harmony Kareen film, like Gummo. Okay, yeah. Um, is is Harmony Kareen? Is that a man? Uh huh. Okay. He's it's, a weird dude. Yeah, it's a it's a weird name. It's yeah. it's a very hard name to place. Harmony yeah. Kareen. It might be Harmony or Harmon. I'm actually not quite sure about mm. that. Um, you know, we do a lot of research for these episodes. Uh, Eddie's mom in particular is like this weird, gross oh, man. character. She's a cross between like a Tim and Eric character and a character from Gummo. Yeah. Where it's just gross, like weird, strange She's just wearing this dirty windbreaker, and she's, yeah, she's kind of, like, in a fat suit almost. Yeah. She's just strangely overweight. like like, greasy. Yeah. And, like, sweaty. Sweaty. Yeah, she's very Tim and Eric. That's dead on, and very gummo. And, uh, yeah, she's she's one of the best parts of this movie. Yeah, and so she's kind of Munchausen by proxy. She's, you know, telling Eddie that he's got all these sicknesses and stuff and got him on all these pills. And then he eventually finds out that they're all placebos, that there's actually nothing wrong with them. What does he call them? <laughs> I, I got a clip. Hold on. When he finds out that the... the That's sickness? Okay, what what's sickness, Ma? You know what these are? They're gazebos! <laughs> they're bullshit! They're gazebos! That's probably one of the best lines, best funny moments of the the film. Great. They're gazebos! They're gazebos! He was such a a well-done character. Yeah. Yeah. So this film really explores all these, you know, concepts, and it does it pretty well. There's lots of jump scares. Um, Pretty much you could take out from any other modern film, but it does them really well in this film to, it's not super important to talk about the plot other than no. they're, they're being attacked by a clown and that it's based on their fear. Eventually they, they kind of go on the attack. They go into a haunted house and the well house. Yeah. The well house. And then they're attacked by Pennywise and then they don't, succeed they go into his underground sewage well, lair they, they do it they do it once they attack in just the house and that's when um eddie gets his arm broken and then there's kind of a montage that mm. kind of nothing really happens yeah and then they just go back yeah and then 
go underground into the sewer system, and that's where they kind of have their final battle, which is pretty effective. Yeah, it's confronting fear, basically. Yeah, they confront fear, and they kind of use some them, some kid logic. They It's not as explained as it is in the book about the concept of it's a, like using child logic to attack. It's a damn sight better than the miniseries, let me tell you. But yeah, the, the danger is if you want to do it more... Um, if you want it to do it more like the book, you have to take a lot of expositional dialogue to explain it. Yeah. And it just comes off not great. Right. And, uh, and I think it, I think it does an effective job of, of basically, you know, portraying that these kids are standing up to what they're afraid of, you know? And the one, the one issue I have with this is, is it's, it's shocking how weak Pennywise is for something that's is that he is self-described as eternal, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's the thing is that he's weak because they they don't fear him right anymore, it, and so they're they're on the attack, and that's like the power, and he's still menacing yeah. while they're attacking, but it's just he's not effective, and fear comes back every thirty years, right? So, and what is that? That's about a cycle of a generation. So, yeah. every time you have a new generation born. You have fear reborn. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think it, it, I mean, it probably makes a lot more sense in the book. It's, and it makes a decent amount of sense in 2017, but the miniseries is pretty lacking. Um, they're gazebos. They're gazebos. Let me see it. And then they, they attack him and then Pennywise kind of starts disintegrating. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. Um, Every time he gets hurt, his blood floats. Yeah. He f- it floats up, which yeah. is super neat. And then also, yeah, the, his lair where it shows all the kids floating, because they make a big deal of, like, we all float down here. And that is probably the one of the coolest visuals, is yeah. this giant stack of dead bodies and, and live bodies that are floating around in the air like there's zero gravity. Float! Float, 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 float. That's what we should do when we go to see chapter two. We should get in the theater and and right before, you know, right as the starting credits are rolling, we'd be like, start champion, like, float, 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 float. And everybody behind us would be like, float, float. Or it'd probably just be us saying float. We could try to do it like the Mighty Ducks, mm. where it's someone that just goes, float, 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 float. Float, 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 float. <laughs> yeah, and then we we'll get the whole get the whole theater to do it. It'll be great. It'll work out exactly as we imagine it in we'll, our heads. We'll put it on Instagram <laughs> if we can figure out how to use it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is this how you shoot a video, Bryce? We can't be those people. We can't be the old people who don't know how to use the new stuff. Yeah, but we are. No, we're not. So they. They finally kind of defeat Pennywise, and it it feels like this could be just a self-contained movie. If it didn't work out, this would have been like a fine self-contained movie. They don't necessarily need the sequel. No. And to be honest, like, the the kid stuff is way more interesting yeah. than the adult side oh, of yeah. it. So I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with Chapter 2. Yeah. It's got a great cast, so it's got all the pieces that they need. So, but we'll see. Um, they attack him. Pennywise kind of disintegrates, and then he 
this is kind of an on the nose final goodbye, which is fear. <laughs> they, fear. It's like, all right, we get it. Fear. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it. That's there's, it. Pro- there's probably some more so we could talk about, but that's the main points that I wanted to cover. So what's the what's the final recommendation for it? Man, definitely see it. You should see it if you haven't seen it yet to prepare for chapter two. Yeah, um, it's it's cheap, like four bucks on to rent. Like, it's a high quality, well done, really disturbing um, horror movie, like solid, solid horror movie that. I mean, I. If that sounds terrible to you, it is for you. If it sounds great to you, it it's going to be pretty great. And if you haven't seen it, what the heck are you doing? It's been out for two years. So should we do? Ta- Let's just do taglines. Okay, that shouldn't be too long. Let's do taglines. Here's taglines. <laughs> Um, Taglines is a game where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we are reviewing that we think are better suited for yeah. the film. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. Mine are bad. <clears throat> we always say that, but it always pulls through. It, 2017, making horror pedo again. <laughs> All right. It used to be kind of pedo <clears throat> It, 2017. God damn, look at those hot children. Damn it. There's no escaping. This was my turn. Okay, go ahead. Uh, My second one is a clip that we have queued up. This is from The Simpsons, when Homer can't stop thinking about that billboard he saw for Clown College. Hey, Homer, the section you're supposed to be monitoring is on fire. Clowns are funny. (laughs) Clowns are scary. Uh, It, Stephen King's classic, without the weird sex stuff. (laughs) But a little bit of weird sex sex stuff. Okay, my third is a follow-up clip from The Simpsons, where Homer is crafting a circus tent out of mashed potatoes at the family dinner. That's the mashed potato. Mom, I think I'll have some wine. Mike? Yes, homie? That's it! You people have stood in my way long enough. I'm going to clown college. I don't think any of us expected him to say that. That was my exact reaction to this movie. I'm going to clown college. (laughs) It 2017. Like Stand By Me, but with more arms being ripped off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, at least one more. Next, we're going to be talking with David's wife. But her reaction to horror or porno? Yeah, she she wasn't wasn't a big fan. We'll have to let her tell the story. Yeah, we'll let her tell the story. So here we go. And uh, okay, 
So, set the scene for me. You're listening. Does David come to you with the episode and say you have to listen to horror porno, or are you, like, naturally listening to it? So, um, he told me about the idea in the very beginning, and I got very excited about it. <laughs> because I'm a huge Howard Stern fan, a huge Howard Stern fan, and they do this type of stuff all the time on the show. Uh-huh. And I always play along with it. And so uh, he let me listen to it uh, before you guys put it out. I got uh-huh. a sneak preview. Right, right. It's one of the perks of being married to someone in horror movies. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, first of all, I couldn't hear. I mean, it was on his computer. The mm-hmm. It was going through his headphones. So I didn't hear, like, full on uh-huh. everything. You didn't have the headphones on? No, I didn't have them on. Oh, okay. <laughs> He just turned up the volume really loud. Jesus. It's a very David thing to do, of course. All right. Um, and I got into it in the beginning, and then it was when he got to the Hocus Pocus <laughs> one. And then I realized, you're bullshitting me. <laughs> this isn't real. And I got very angry. <laughs> I walked away. Whoa, whoa. Bullshitting you. In what sense? Because I thought it was real. I get real. So on the Stern show, the, the it last, is real. What are you talking? That well, was. From, know, but don't it, you remember Hocus Pocus? No, stop it. <laughs> what? <laughs> See, I just don't understand your reaction. <laughs> on the Stern show, the last time they did one of these, it was like um, they would play a clip of somebody giving a speech at an award show, uh-huh. and then you had to guess whether or not it was. An, uh, the, at the Emmys that the person okay. was giving the speech for, or if it was at the Adult Video Awards. Okay. <laughs> and it was awesome because you'd have people up there being like, I just want to thank all the ladies in this category for all their hard work and, and be like, oh, uh-huh. that. And then Robin on the show would guess what it was uh-huh. and they'd all guess and then it'd be like, oh, it was the Adult Video Awards. <laughs> or then. So, anyways, I just thought it was not authentic once I realized it was all joke. I mean, it was funny, but it it was, I mean, it was really funny, but it was mostly because it was unexpected, because I didn't remember those parts. I mean, after the episode, I mean, he showed me all the clips. It was totally legit. Like, those are definitely... not legit. Yeah, man. Go back to Hocus Pocus. I mean, out of context, it seems like no way that couldn't be from Hocus Pocus, but... I mean, it is. No, it's not. David didn't show you the clips? (laughs) You're messing with me. (laughs) So you were angry at David. I was very angry. And I told him that he shouldn't play that clip. (laughs) He should edit it out. Because other people were playing along and would get mad with me. Uh, You don't know how delighted you... You probably do know how delighted David was at that reaction. Yeah. Because it's better than he could have ever expected it to go. Which made me even angrier, to be honest. All right. Well, it's not for everyone. Yeah. Well, we were going to do it again this this episode, but we didn't have time. We'll probably do it on Hit Chapter 2. We'll see how it goes. Maybe maybe you'll win this time. Okay. All right. We'll see. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by, Carrie. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, Carrie. What you, a delightful anecdote. You crazy gay, crazy lady.
So that's horror movie talk for this week. Thanks for listening. And again, go check out horrormovietalk.com. You can find past episodes and uh, useful links, blog posts, and whatnot. Um, check us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much anywhere that you would follow someone. Utazoob. Utazoob. And uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon. Um, consider becoming a patron. Helps us out. Help us buy a new microphone. Yeah. And uh, you get access to bonus content that's not available to anyone else. Yeah, it's actually, it's, boy, it's got to be getting getting close to like 15 episodes of of Afterpod and, you know. Yeah. That's pretty good, pretty, pretty, pretty good stuff. Get, get a peek behind the scenes of, of horror movie talk. You just can't get enough of us talking. It's just a lot of gossip, really. Uh, please share the podcast with a friend. It's the only way that we grow. We're not advertising anywhere. We we barely do anything other than just post stuff on social media and, and hope that people like it. Um, so if you do, help us share the word uh, by sharing the podcast with a friend. To help us out, again, there's the Patreon. But also, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, um, click through the banner on our website, horrormovietalk.com, and then you'll be able to support the show from that. Special thanks to all our fans. We love you All guys. our patrons. Um, I really, like, can't express enough how, how much we appreciate people reaching out to us and just being able to talk about horror movies and about the podcast. It's a labor of love, and we're just amazed that anyone likes it. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 been it's been a lot of fun doing this. So and looking looking at uh, special thanks to anyone that's listening right now because looking at our stats on Spotify, I can understand that about twenty five percent stick it out till the end. The very there's end. a special you you are a special person You're listening great. right now. You are the one fourth that are the supporting members of Horror Movie Talk. Congratulations. You'll listen to this the whole way through, My, even though I'm not really saying anything right now. Except for, you're great, and we love you. Yeah. So again, thanks. Look forward to uh, the next show, which will be It Chapter 2. Yeah, who saw that coming? We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.